welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. Good morning. Some of you will know that last year, July the 5th, mum died after having a stroke about two weeks before. And when she had that stroke, I was on jury service. And we'd have been on a case for three days. Thank you, Mel. I'd been on a case for three days and we had one more day to do. And mum had the stroke on the Wednesday. And I got home. Uh, obviously, you're out of communicado when you're on a case in the High Court. I was in London. Um, it was a really complex case. And I got home on the Wednesday evening. Mum was in hospital, went to see her. And I knew the case was going to finish the following day. So... I went back to finish the case on the Thursday, told the, I don't know what you call them, the people that look after the juries what had happened, and then was dismissed so I didn't have to do the rest of the two weeks, which caused a bit of consternation with the other jurors that were there at the time. <laughs> um, but I came home and then spent basically until mum died on the 5th of July with mum. Um, I spent as long as I possibly could with her in hospital. You know, held her hand, did whatever I could. And she died around noon on the 5th of July, so we're just coming up to the anniversary. And I thought this was quite an appropriate time to um, share, basically, what happened and what has happened with um, grief, life, oh, just everything, really. Um, so in 2013, I'll give you a bit of a background, and I so hope that this helps somebody else, because nobody warns you about this. I tell you, nobody can really tell you what goes on, what doesn't go on, um, when you've had a close relationship with somebody that is close to you that's died. And I'll always remember uh, Richard Wilkins, you know, they've not left me, they've immigrated to heaven. They've emigrated somewhere, um, and I know that somewhere is somewhere where I'll not see them again. Although saying that, I have seen mum since, which is odd, and um, just what's happened anyway. So in 2013, I lost my older brother. Uh, he was 66. In 2014, I lost my dad. It's 92. Um, and then, of course, in 2018, I lost mum. She was 92. Um, and really interesting, just talking about you know, life and, and what you do and what some of us are out there doing, creating your own life, you know, building businesses, achieving your dreams, achieving your goals. Mum had basically achieved the biggest goal she'd ever set herself, which was to be the oldest living member of her family. Um, and she And she achieved it. And she sort of ran out of goals to achieve at 92, even from knitting jumpers for her great-grandson Oliver, to knitting jumpers for her, I don't know, one, two, three, fourth time we've moved nephew. 
um, Ronnie, her goals, her goals were um, achieved. And she didn't, didn't really have anything more to achieve. She was tired. She was missing dad. 69 years married. Hadn't been apart to that time at all. Um, so, you know, I truly think, truly think that mum made her own decision to do what she did and um, decided to go where she went. So I'm not sad for mum. I'm happy for mum. But of course, the sadness is for me. Which part of me says is selfish. Um, part of me is saying that's selfish. Um, but you know what? Whether it's selfish or not, it's the emotions we go through. So what's happened in the last year? Oof, blimey. One of the main things that's happened for me is that I've actually lost my identity. I don't know who I am anymore. I've gone from being a loving daughter who did everything she could for mum. Um, so since 2011, when I gave up my job, you know, nine to five, long hours, working as a consultant across the country, staying in hotels, sometimes away five nights a week. Um, not And, you know, and then you come home on a Saturday and a Sunday and you've got to do your, your washing and your cleaning and visiting and seeing friends and, you know, going out with mum and dad or taking mum and dad out or whatever. I went from doing that in 2011 where I just sort of threw it all up in the air. Maybe I had a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, I really don't know. But I threw everything up in the air. Um, and then sort of went on a journey of Forex trading, oh, internet marketing, multi-level marketing. Looked at everything that's out there that us people who want to be in charge of our life, who want to take control of our life can do. And I ended up, because I actually love it and realised I'd probably been doing it most of my life in one guise or another and didn't realise it was a business within the property entrepreneur, within the property um, business, within the property world. But what I really did was want to spend time with mum and dad, give them a quality of life in their later years. I didn't know this at the time. I wasn't doing this consciously, but give them a quality of life in their conscious years that they had given me as a child. You know, you get old, you can't get about as much. Dad lost his um, driving license because of his sight deterioration. Mum had given up driving many years before because Dad drove, so Mum couldn't take over the driving because at the age of, I don't know, what would she have been, 86, maybe 85, 86. <laughs> Probably wasn't the best thing to do. Um, so I used to take them out shopping. I'd take them out for dinners. I'd take them where they wanted to go. I'd take them to visit people. And I spent a lot of time with mum and dad. Now that became more of a conscious habit the more I realised what I was doing. They were good parents. I wanted to give them a good older life. Dad died um, and I spent more and more and more time with mum. And then in 2016... Uh, we all moved in together, me, mum and Stuart, we all moved in together. So we moved into a rented accommodation because my house, mum's house and Stuart's, where Stuart lived, weren't big enough for all three of us. So we all uprooted, moved into a rented accommodation and it's a big house. It's sort of four bed, three reception rooms, big kitchen, um, dining room, huge garden. Um, but of course, mum had lived in her house for something like 64 years, and it was a big uproot, and she had a hip operation, 
Um, and that was really the, I'm going to say, the excuse to move in together because mum couldn't look after herself from the hip operation. I think she was, was she 89 or 90 when she had it? She'd already had two knee replacements and an operation. Um, this woman was sort of made of metal in some respects, <laughs> or fibre or carbon or whatever it was that they put in. Anyway, we moved in together in 2006. And from 2006 on, I probably spent even more time with mum. Um, you know, looking after her, taking her out. And even living together, mum was still lonely because she was the oldest of her friends. A lot of her friends had died. Um, you know, she still didn't have dad. Her family had died. She was the one remaining sister of a big family of 12. Um, you know, things happened. People didn't call. People said they were going to come around and see her. They didn't. I used to take her to events. She was still invited to events with all her friends. I got her into um, just opposite where we live. There's a scout's hut and there's, um, um, it's called Hasara. It's the Hutton and, no, the Hawley and Sutton Active Retirees Association. They're all around the world, uh, around the world, around the UK, definitely. Um, so if, you know, if some of you have got elderly parents that are on their own, that are lonely, need company, at least once, once a month, mum would go over there. There'd be, it's over 100 people attend, mostly women on their own. Um, you can join at the age of what, I think it was, 55. And mum was the eldest at 92. Show it to her, Mel. Show it to her. Um, mum was the eldest at 92. She was so chuffed that she got her £10 administration fee free because she was over 90. She was delighted by that. And she, you know, she, she couldn't hear properly, but it was being in a room full of people. Mum loved um, being with people, being in company, helping people, supporting people. She just loved it. She could talk to people in a completely unknown country, in an unknown language and have a conversation. One of the things I admire about her, although it used to scare me when I was younger. Um, and she'd go over to the arts and crafts and talk about her knitting and her sewing and all the rest of it. So, you know, since last year, July the 5th, coming up to the anniversary, mum's not been in my life and it's a huge loss so what's happened I sort of went into a fog and you know what really didn't know I'd gone into a fog I thought I was making the right decisions I thought I was doing the right thing um, I thought I was in control not the case it's really not the case you know mum dies we were living together so a lot of her stuff is here belongings when we moved in together in 2016 what didn't come with us to the house that we moved into together went into mum's garage in her house. Um, and we moved in together in, I think it was the June, no, the July maybe. And I think in the October, November, mum accepted that she wasn't going to go back to her own house, which had been empty. So she gave me permission to let it out. So my mum, in her 90th year, I think, became a landlord. Um, I HMO'd her house for her got four tenants in it for her who did a, a minor refurb mum's house was always um spotless very modern did a minor refurb on it put a partition wall up where there where it had been knocked down from the through room um let it out to four tenants selected the right ones mum met them all um she didn't like the fact that she couldn't go into her own house when she wanted to anymore but we'd go around there on occasions and she'd come in and make sure that everything was okay and of course, mum earned an income from it. Um, mum ended up earning more income 
than she could actually spend. So she carried on saving into her 90th year, 91st, 92nd year. Um, so I did all that. Um, and then, you know, looked after mum, took her out, did whatever we were doing. So what's happened since? Oh dear, such a loss, such a grief, such a unconscious process of going through what I've been going through. I basically took myself away from the world and I'd started to do that looking after mum because, you know, trying to run a business, a property business, which was still running, um, trying to do some consultancy work because I still do a little bit of that on the side. You know, been working with leaders and managers in business for 30 plus years. Uh, you know, still trying to do a bit of that, look after mum, you know, living with living the three of us together. Really, really time consuming. I was exhausted. Didn't really have holidays. No, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining, everybody. Um, absolutely no regrets about what I did at all. And it's a really nice place to get to be at 60, knowing that you did or I did everything I could possibly do for my dad, for my mum, some respects for my elder brother. Not as much. He was living um, down in Ramsgate, but was still there for him. Saved his life on one occasion when he was going in and out of consciousness because he'd got um, some serious disease because he'd fallen over and cut his head. You know, got the paramedics to him, used to go down and see him. So I've spent a lot of time perhaps not paying attention to me in some respects, and I'm not moaning about that. It's just what I've done. It's who I am. Um, loved all three of them. Uh, you know, massive, oh, strong relationships. And part of that is what I'm talking about. I've got notes down beside me. First time on a Facebook Live, I think I've ever done notes. Um, but one of the things I realised just recently is that I've started to work with a healer. I met her a couple of months ago. Real connection. I've had healing in the past. I was in South Africa in February. A good friend of mine, Debbie Taylor. Uh, who I met last year on a trip around China. So my life hasn't stopped, but it's just been in a fog. Um, I'm working with a healer now. I've got an immersive session next week on the on my brother's birthday, 4th of July, day before mum's death. Uh, because my heart, when I looked at it a little while ago, has turned into like a closed up burnt walnut. And that's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for those around me. Uh, I need to do something about that. And it seems appropriate that I do it on my brother's birthday, don't know why, than the day before mum died. I don't know why, it seems appropriate. So I'm working with a healer on that. Over the last year, just I've just looked at my notes, the first time, to keep me on track, the first time for everything has been really hard. Christmas, um, anniversaries, Easter, birthdays, even going down to Dartford Market, I didn't realise how hard that would be because that was one of the places I used to take mum. It was the weirdest thing, making eye contact with a stall holder who knew mum, who would always talk to mum. Um, I looked at him and cried and he knew instantly what had happened. Now, I didn't put much value on some of those things. I really didn't. But because mum put value on them, well... They affected me. I thought I'd got over this. This is actually therapeutic as well. So for everybody out there, talk to people if you're going through some of this stuff. Really does help. Blimey. Wasn't expecting to be crying at that point. 
you know, so the first time of everything has been really difficult. Some of it I knew was going to be difficult, so I locked myself away, like New Year, New Year's Eve is Dad's birthday as well. Um, you know, so some of it I did lock myself away for, some of it I didn't because it didn't know, I didn't know it was going to happen. Saturday mornings, every now and then, not as bad as it was at the beginning, this complete feeling of sadness just washes over me. Oh, thanks, Bill. This feeling of sadness just washes over me. Um, I don't really know why. The only thing I can think about is it's because we used to go down to Dartford Market on a Saturday. Mum loved it. Just being out, looking at the stalls, buying plants, buying stuff off the bloke um, that I've just spoken about. That When I first made eye contact with him, I cried. Just being out, it's just one of those things that mum loved. It seems to have affected me. And it just washes over. I can't coherently describe the feeling, but it's just sadness. Um, but now I've recognised what it is, I can do something about it. I can manage it to a degree far better than I did right at the beginning. Um, so this fog, some of the decisions I've made haven't been the best. Um, but, you know, you make them with the best information you've got at the time. Thank you, Michelle. Make them with the best information you've got at the time. And now I'm feeling like I'm coming out of it. Maybe because it's the end of the first year. Maybe it's because I've been through most of the firsts. And I wanted to do this before the 5th of July. But while mum would have been in hospital. And I don't know why this morning I woke up and thought, do it today. Do it today. I don't know what's special about the day. Just do it today. Um, I'm working far more with my gut instinct than I have. And my gut instinct used to be really good. And I used to be able to go in and have a carouse through my body and see what was going on. Haven't been able to do that recently. Well, I haven't been able to do that for a few years. So I'm reconnecting. Um, I just thought I'd share some of the signs as well. Because, you know, I don't know what you believe. I don't know what I believe. I don't disbelieve things. What I do know is that we are all energy. We are all on this planet for a reason. We are all part of a, a greater thing. I truly believe that. I don't know what it is, but I truly believe it. I don't say that I understand it. But some of the signs, so feathers, common. Mum used to see feathers from Dad. Um, the reason I said or suggested we move into this house is that when I came to view it, for for actually, for people, so you know, as a rent-to-rent -rent opportunity, um, we didn't get that because the it's owned by the diocese. We... Didn't get it because they wanted to give it to a man who had two children who went to the local church school. So we weren't off offered it. He couldn't accept it. We then got offered it. Morning, Catherine. Just spoken about you a little bit, but didn't mention your name. Catherine's the person that I'm going to be doing an immersive session with on the 4th of July. Um, so we didn't get offered it. We, got, we came back to do a second viewing when the first person couldn't afford to take the house. Um, at that point, Stuart suggested we move, all three of us move in together. And as we left, there was I said to him, if I get a sign before I leave, we'll do it. And as we left, a white feather came down and I said to Stuart, if it lands inside the boundary to the property, we'll take the house. If it lands on the wall or outside the property, we won't. It landed inside the property, tiny little baby white feather it was. So we, we took the property and we've lived here ever since. Um, and it's really weird being in a rented accommodation when you are a landlord and you've only ever owned 
uh, owned your properties, you've never never physically lived in a rented property before. For people out there that are doing this, I now understand. So again, learnings come out of all this whole process. The power base shifts immensely because you're not in control. You know, you you don't you can't do what you want when you want. You have to ask permission. You sign a tenancy agreement. You have to renew it. That rolling periodical, whew, blimey, that's a whole process. I now understand it from the other person's perspective. So all of this whole thing has been massive learning for me. And they, I truly believe there's a reason for everything. I truly believe that. So here's my reason for everything. This whole process. You know, I'm 60 now. What do you learn at 60? Some people shut down. I've met people who are 58 who are older than me. I've met people who are 30 that are older than me. I've met people that are older and younger than me, that are more progressive than me. I've, I've met people that are older and younger than me. And you'd sort of thought they could have been a hundred. You know, so what goes on up here is so important about how we engage, how we... I say up here, for people that listen on the podcast, I'm touching my head. <laughs> um, what goes on in your head, how you feel inside is so important for how you interact with the world, how you build relationships, how you promote yourself, how you put yourself out there, how you build your reputation, how you create friends, friendships. Thank you, Mill. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I know mum taught you some lessons as well. <laughs> Shared her worldly wisdom. Um, and just on that, you know, while we were here, I did some Facebook lives with mum. I was all advised a little bit on ten talks about what she might say. <laughs> For some of you that might want to watch them, go back and have a look at my Facebook feed. You can see me going, oh, really? Okay, let's change the subject. But again, the last year, um, oh no, signs. I was talking about signs. I will keep on track. So I've seen feathers. One of mum's signs was, you know, like the vapour trail crosses in the sky. Whenever we went out and she saw one of those, it was dad sending her love. Um, so of course, what have I done? Oh, part of me, you know, you unconsciously pick this stuff up. Um, I go out now, I don't deliberately look for them. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not looking for this. And on occasions, um, I'll see a, a, a vapour trail crossing the sky and I just go, oh, that's dad, dad, mum sending me a, you know, a hug. And the other day I was out with my friend and I looked up and there was the, the crosses or the vapour trails as a cross, but there was a flaming heart-shaped cloud on the top of it. It's weird what goes on, it really is weird. And then I was driving down to, so re-engagement with the world, um excuse me now I'm sniffing because I've been crying god <laughs> um so I was going down so, so re-engaging I'm looking at my notes and trying to gather my thoughts re-engaging with the world I haven't done much although saying that I went on a so just after mum died I went on a trip it was already booked talked to the family they said yes go I was an absolute mess I became went to Bali for a week and became a master trainer with the Entrepreneurs Institute I went from that to meet Stuart in uh, China. Roger Hamilton was one of my mentors, is one of my mentors. And we did a trip round China and Japan for Roger's 50th, the I Ching tour. Fabulous, fabulous. And again, I haven't shared any of the photos. I haven't shared any of the learning. Just been up in that fog. Um, we did that. Um, and then just to add into my year on that trip, Oh, I was accused of having an affair by my partner, Stuart. Um, he doesn't believe me, he doesn't trust me, so the relationship ended while we were on the trip. Um, just to add chaos to confusion and fog. 
another thing to add into emotional um oh, emotional something baggage i don't know what which is where again i need healing um came back from that we're still living in the same house um this is a whole nother story about what you do with your finances we're in business together we have entwined finances um, both our houses are let out my finances um i've looked at them all meant that i would have been i would have struggled to go out and rent another um, place my house was currently tenanted mum's house is tenanted i didn't want to evict anyone to go and live in a room didn't think that was the right thing to do for my emotional state and moving house on top of everything else so we've stayed in the same house it sort of works is all i can say um, sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not it's one of those things i'm managing as well as is Stuart, you know, two sides to every story. Um, yeah, two sides to every story. So holidays, I haven't been on them. Did that trip in a state of complete fog and confusion, grief, missing mum. Come back, had mum's funeral. In February, I was booked to go on a week's course in South Africa, <laughs> as you do. Already booked, so I went. Um, it was a business planning course. It was a disaster. Again, learned a lot of lessons. Um, I didn't get the results I wanted out of it, but made, again, some really good connections, some good friends on that trip. Had an experience that was, uh, would never happen again. Saw some fabulous animals, including rhino, you know, in the wild. Just stunning. Um, came back from that. <laughs> I need to party, Lindsay, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I need to party. I'm slowly but surely re-engaging. <laughs> oh. um, so re-engaging with the world. What have I done since then? Not a lot. I've stopped going to property events. I've stopped going to networking meetings. I came back from February. I gave up B&I, which was my weekly dose of laughter. I used to have tears rolling down my face at it because uh, it was such a good group of people. But again, what was I doing it for? I was the vice president. That puts a lot of pressure on. I had three weeks left for my um, vice presidency role. And I thought, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? So I spoke to the uh, the guy that was going to go in as vice, prayer, Neil, vice president after me, Neil Clayton, uh, resigned my position, resigned my post, didn't go back. Still got some good connections from that um, that I'm beginning to work with one of them specifically Jim Jordan if anybody wants a business growth mentor um great guy you know grown businesses to to millions um as his own business as such so again Jim Jordan just starting to work with him through him met a guy called Saba Toth who has just released um a disc global which has far 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 more information in it than disc far better interactive, um, gamified, where you can have different solutions to, uh, so there's a scenario, you do the thing, you get a different solution, you take a different choice, you get a different solution, so again, um, talk to me if anybody wants to know about that, talk to me if anybody wants to know about um, me being Master Trainer of the Entrepreneurs Institute, Wealth Dynamics, Talent Dynamics, uh, Wealth Spectrum, all this is now in my, in my tool case, plus 30 plus years of you know learning and development there is a reason for everything everybody i truly truly believe that so talk to me about all of this stuff it's all up in med now i've just got to get it 
out into whatever my future becomes. Um, so, oh yeah, back to signs. So crosses in the sky, the heart over the thing. Re-engaging, driving up the A2 to go to the super property super conference with Rob Moore, 1,400 people in the room. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous event, everybody. Again, talk about re-engage, 1,400 people. Um, driving down the A2, two crosses, two cranes on the top of Bexley Heath. They're doing a big development on the top of the hill. Driving up the A2, just happened to look to my right. Two crosses, parallel, in the X shape, kissing. And I'm like, oh, grey, cloudy sky. Can't see anything, so what do I take that as? A sign that... Mum and Dad are telling me I'm doing the right thing. And I haven't gone completely woo-woo everybody. I honestly haven't. Still very practical down to earth. So that was the first day. Second day, two-day conference. Drive past. And the night before, I'd had some really weird dreams. Don't normally remember my dreams. But really weird dreams about Mum being with me to the point where I woke up to check where I was and to re-re- sort of align myself into the fact that mum wasn't actually with me. But in my dream, she was. So on the way down to the super conference, um, I looked at the truck cranes to see if they were um, uh, as a cross, and they weren't. But what were they doing the second morning? They were com in complete alignment, complete alignment together, equidistance apart from top to bottom on a sort of a, for me, a forward focused angle. So for me, when things are facing right, it's going forward. And as I drove past them, what was the thought I had then? And I'd been thinking about it the previous day in some random moment I have about how we are energy and what happens to us. And that I am a, a creation of mum and dad. Now, mum and dad individually were complete opposites almost, complete opposites. But of course, I'm a combination of both. And I sometimes say I'm more like my dad than I am my mum. My dad was um, quieter, more practical. I'm going to say intelligent. You know, his EQ, I, uh, not his EQ, his IQ, I hate to think what it was. So, so, so intelligent. My, The younger of my two brothers takes after him, as does the eldest of his two daughters. Like intelligence coming out of your pores. I always think they're a bit alien somehow, but I'm sure we're alien to them. I say it with love from my heart. Whereas mum was a firebrand, dad was very calm, very collect, where mum was a firebrand. If, <laughs> if she wanted something, it happened yesterday. If she wanted something, you knew it. If she wanted something, she made it happen. Um, I just, inc incredible woman. Um, you know, came through the war, was land army, was a nurse, left nursing because she got married. Um, Mum's story is you couldn't couldn't work in nursing if you were married at that point. You know, within a year of being married, had my eldest brother. She lost her second son at 18 months old. Oh, that's another story I can add to this. Um, she lost her second son at 18 months old. They moved from North London to Bexley Heath in Kent because of the grief. Mum used to, her grief, mum used to go and visit his grave every day. Sometimes I wonder if, you know, what effect that had on my elder brother. You know, so me and my next brother up didn't know, the, you know, our 
the, the second son, we never met him because he died before we were born. Um, you know, so what effect did that have on my elder brother? So I'm driving past these cranes and I'm having this thought, you know what, I am the combined force of my parents. I am the combination of my parents. Now together, they were an incredible powerhouse because of how they operated together. Again, hadn't really seen that until a couple of weeks ago. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so if I'm the combination of those two, what am I and who am I? And what? how do I need to use that power within, out there within the world to share what's up in my head, to enable people to do more, be more, be the best version of themselves they can be? Still don't know what that is, everybody. I'm going around in circles, but I'll get there. I keep thinking I've found it and then I'm not quite sure I have. But anyway, I'll get there. Um, so with my... The second brother, um, his name was Alan, never met him. I died bef long before I was born. But mum, when I opened her jewellery box, because I'm, you know, I'm disposing of her belongings, went through her jewellery box. She'd kept a tiny little photo of Alan. Um, and it would have been the one photo of all of her children that she saw every day. Because every day she would go into a jewellery box to find her you know, necklace, whatever it was she was going to wear that day. And it sat on the top. So I decided that I would go and find his grave. It's in um, Tottenham Cemetery. So I find out from the records, as you can, uh, where he was buried. I went up with my friend, chose a day where I felt I could do it. And his grave's not there. It's not where it's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm with my friend and I'm like, wasn't expecting that. There's like, just like a dip in the ground. There's no graves. There's like a gap of about three or four. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Anyway, cried. Thought, I'm glad I never offered to take mum back up there. Because it, at the time I thought that would really have upset mum. I'm thinking, where's his grave gone? Has it sunk? Has the like the tombstone fallen? Anyway, do some research. And I had the receipt for what they had. mum and dad had paid for the tombstone for my brother Alan. And when I worked it out, going back to those days and the salaries, it was three months' salary they had paid for this tombstone. White marble, nearly an angel, um, lettering paid for by the letter. And I thought, there's no way that would have collapsed. It was too expensive to collapse. So I got hold of the um, cemetery people. They're not burying in that cemetery anymore, so I went around the houses. But I eventually found um, a woman who went and found the grave for me. And basically back in the day, and this would have been mm, 66, probably 70 years ago, the, the people, the, the grave diggers used to, and the grave, the people that put people in the grave, used to just dig a hole and put them where they felt like they'd put them. And then they'd be registered to the plot, but they weren't there. Weird what goes on anyway. She found my brother's grave, and it's in a completely different location. But it's near water. It's in a beautiful place. It's in a far prettier place than the original grave would have been. So who knows what happened? Anyway, so I've done that. That's another thing. So I've told mum. Mum knows. What else have we found out since since mum's passing? My granddad, um, my brother does, my brother Dick is doing the family tree. He's been doing it for years. But my granddad on my mum's side... So my mum's father, um, my brother came to a complete dead end, couldn't find him, 
couldn't find him, no track of where he said he was born. Anyway, long story short, one of my one second cousins now lives in the state. She had the DNA sample done. That gave her a link to a man in the US who was a direct descendant of my granddad's brother that we didn't know he had. That came back into the UK family. One of my other cousins has done some research at the British Library. Now we've got the proper surname to find out that my granddad's father um, committed murder, then committed suicide, and my granddad at the and my granddad at the age of two lost his mother. A lost his mother died. Was brought up by his father and his stepmother but at the age of 11 ended up in the workhouse. Now, I don't know about you, but I do believe in, there's a certain level of genealogy, genealogy that breeds down. My grandfather kept that secret. I don't know whether my grandmother knew, my mum certainly didn't. I do believe in generational um, effects. So there's a lot of trauma there. Um, there's a lot of stuff that until the last maybe month we didn't know about so what does that mean anyway this has all come out since it's really interesting what happens so again all that so why am I saying a healer because all that's going on as well <laughs> I think we'll find out um so I've lost my identity at the age of 60 I don't know who I am anymore um so I've got to regenerate a new identity this is grief this is what it does to us we lose I lost I'm not saying everybody does um, I lo I've lost my identity. Who am I at 60 for the first time in my life? I have no, no foundation. You're welcome. You're welcome, Lindsay. Yeah, our mums had some great laughs together, as did we when we were kids. Do you remember running up the road away from that guy that told us, locked us in his garage? <laughs> Blimey, I beat you that day, Lindsay, and you were the... Ken 100 meter sprint record holder from memory and I beat you because I was so scared anyway I can't remember his name that'll come back so what else yeah lost my identity who am I 60 years old I have lost my grounding force I have lost my point of contact I have lost <laughs> yeah god I was scared that day I don't know about you <laughs> I've grown a bit since then. I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, I've lost my grounding force. I've lost my point of contact. I've lost my point of reference. I've lost anything that keeps me where I am in reality. You know, it's when I was on this journey since 2011, my, my one thing was freedom. Um, you know, to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, how I want. My definition of freedom... And it's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't, I'm going to say I didn't have it. Not that I'm complaining. You know, I have no regrets. Everybody, please hear this. I have no regrets. None. But now I have complete freedom. I can do what I want, when I want, with who I want, where I want. I have a certain amount of money. I said this to somebody the other day. I am in some respects financially free with what I've done and how I've done it. Part of what I've done this year, again, not with a conscious decision. I've looked at my pension fund. It's not huge, but a few years ago, I gave it to a financial um, wealth creation house 
from a guy who has created his own wealth. And my pension over the last four years on average has earned 13% because it's been invested wisely. It's in highly ethical, I say highly ethical, it's in ethical, um, wherever it's invested, that are doing good for the world. Now, I'm a high risk taker. I've also learned that my risk taking capacity is 87% above the uh, common percentile within whoever that percentile was done against, if that makes sense. So I'm a high risk taker, but it's only 13%. Now, that's not quite as good as one of the properties I've bought over the last few years, but it's better than most pension funds will do. So what's your pension earning you? Again, by default, mine, not by default, by design, not sure, but it's earning 13%. Now, I, I've learned because I've been speaking to somebody, I could earn a lot more, but I have to manage it. Am I ready to do that? I, I'm not sure. But again, it's one of those things that's on my list to look at, to think about, can I manage it? Because obviously you pay funds to people that manage your pension funds. So again, 13% on that. Um, now, the other thing that's happened over the last few years is, oh, and I don't know when from, so I want to keep mum's property. Why would I not? I'm in property. It's in a good location. It's a fabulous investment. I can look at it with an emotional detachment because it was converted to an HMO while mum was still alive for mum and her income. I can look at it from an emotional detachment. It's a good property in a good area. It's only going to go up in value. Plus there's four tenants in it who have made it their home. I don't want to evict them to sell it. So my brother and I have come to an agreement that I will buy him out of the property. That's his 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 choice of you know, what he does with our inheritance from mum. So I've been, um, we got mum's probate in September. I've been, I went to my first broker to get a mortgage for an HMO, um, considering that's what I've been doing since 2011, and he couldn't get me a mortgage. He basically told me I'd have to sell it. And I thought, me being me, and I do have a lot of mum in me, I'm like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that's the case. That can't be right. I went to another broker. Now, that first experience wasted a good few months. So I'm going to say a public thank you to my brother, um, Dick, for sticking with me with this and not saying, let's just sell it. So his belief in me to be able to get a mortgage, I thank him. Um, I've gone to a second broker. Now, it's still taken months. Now, why has it taken months? It's now with the senior broker for sign-off I discovered yesterday. So I have fingers crossed that it goes through today and we get go-ahead on um, mortgage achieved. Uh, it would be so nice. I want things resolved by mum's anniversary, decision made one way or the other. So I have every fingers crossed, I have every um, law of attraction and intention put out there that it's going through. I always have, so I know it will happen. Um, but we've been through hoops. Now, one of the things I've discovered, because I was a tenant in the property I'm living in, I and I didn't know you shouldn't do this, so I've done it completely unintentionally. I left my electrical, electrical, electoral role registered at my house. I didn't change it to where I'm currently living. I didn't know you shouldn't do that, but apparently you shouldn't. 
Now what's happened, and I left my bank accounts registered there because that's where I was paying the mortgage. So I thought I was doing the right thing. And of course, when you think you're doing the right thing, you don't take advice. You don't, we well, don't ask for advice because you think you're doing the right thing. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't ask anybody whether it was the right thing or not. I just assumed and thought it was because I thought I had the knowledge. Well, it's not the right thing to do. Because what's happened when I've gone to get the mortgage is that on the electoral roll, I'm registered at a different address to where I'm living. My bank accounts are at a different address to where I'm living. And that's not the right thing to do. So I've changed everything over. But of course, that's affected people, the lender, when they're doing the search on me from a credit rating. So I've been repairing all of that. I've been putting it right to get the mortgage. Um, so lessons learned. So if again, for some of you that will be listening to this, some of you that are watching this, think about what you're doing. Get advice if you move, whether you're moving to rented, whether you're moving, whatever you're doing, get advice because this credit rating check-in system, process, record, you know, everything's coming together. It affects it. So think about what you're doing with that. It's a big lesson for me. Um, I'm, I'm pulling it together and I'm coming out. I've got a good broker, um, Mike Richards. He's really busy and he's a good broker, Mike Richards. He does, does all sorts. Um, we're going through a lender called Vida. I hadn't heard of them before, but they're doing HMO um, lending. Again, you go to the right broker, you get the right information. You go to the wrong broker, you don't get the right information. So take advice if any of you are in property and wanting to do this. Uh, reconnecting with the world. Uh, so I went to the property super conference. I've started to, I've booked myself in down to go to the Kent property meet tomorrow. Um, I attend a mastermind in Bromley. Um, I went to Expert Empires, which is an event, I think it's a quarterly event, run by Nick James to see, um, who was the headline speaker? David Goggins, uh, the Property Super Conference headline speaker was Grant Cardone and Alfie Best. So I've, I'm starting to re-engage, you know, and when you put yourself out there and you do good and you support people and you help people, those people are still around when you re-engage. So I'm sort of being welcomed with open, arm, open arms. I'm re-engaging with people that I haven't probably spoken to for a number of years. Um, I've signed up to Nick James Mastermind to kickstart my new consultancy business, which will be, aside from the property business, I've signed up to do a mastermind there. Great value, um, lots of content. I am uh, creating a podcast. This episode will go on that. Uh, it's called Conscious Leadership. I'm not sure where I'm launching. I think I'm launching 5th of July, but I'm not now sure. I thought I'd celebrate mum's anniversary. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but it will be launching soon. So watch out for that one. Lots of stuff around business, management, leadership, um, interviews with people who are doing good in the world from a um, an optometrist to a guy who does um, polygraph tests. Then my first two interviews. So, you know, if you've got any problems, I know the people. Oh, yeah. And just maybe as a final thought. I've, well, no, actually, I've been writing journals, but I haven't I haven't been doing them daily because I can't focus. I've lost my concentration. Uh, doing things is taking twice as long. And that's now I don't know what it was like at the beginning of the year. Um, but as, as a final thought, because it does connect with reengaging with the world, you know, who you surround your with yourself with is you know, who you can become if you choose to. 
So surround yourself with people that you want to be, that you admire, that you aspire to be, that are doing the things that you want to do. Find them, get mentors, pay for them. You know, you can get some mentoring for free, but do we value what's free? I was thinking today, um, Sammy Blindell gave me, um, she's the brand business uh, workshop. She gave me something for free when I met her in February. And I was thinking about it yesterday. Have I done it? I've done some of it, but I haven't done the main part of it. Now, would I have valued it more if I'd have paid for it? I don't know. But Sammy, I'm going to go back and do it. It's about finding purpose and vision and um, niche market. So again, you know, I've given somebody a book just recently. So I wrote a book, Life Changing Magic of Setting Goals. It's really good. I'm saying that myself. I gave it to somebody. I've given it to a few people. It's on Amazon, but I, um, I've got to I've got to repurpose it and repackage it because it was about uh, 2015, I think I did it, um, <clears throat> the cover, and it needs redoing. So if you go and get it, PM me, I'll send it to you for free. But I'm wondering if the people I've given it to for free have even read it. I don't know. But have you read it? Because it's good stuff. Anyway, um, so, you know, pay for mentors, re-engage, surround yourself with the people you want to be. Um, there's a what is it the adage the the saying that you are the sum of the five people that you spend most time with and that's for salary um, of earnings income salary whatever you want to call it um, and I'm thinking who have I surrounded myself with for the last year basically no one does that mean I'm earning nothing no it doesn't but actually I haven't earned much else here from the consultancy business I've earned I mean don't get me wrong I am I am earning I am for I suppose in some respects financially free and um, through the property you know my you don't have to own many properties when you're in the southeast of the UK to be financially free for your future um you know if you decide to sell them pay capital gains you don't need many depend on your on your mortgages mine are um I'm aiming for 50% loan to value um I'm on repayment at the moment I'm going to go to um uh, interest only for a period just for a period and then I'll go back to either repayment um, or sell and live a lifetime I don't know I don't quite know what my um, inheritance will be because I don't have children so I'm leaving it to my nieces and, and nephew um, currently um, again what am I going to do I don't know because that's the future but my new will is written um, I have a will, I have power of attorneys, you know, I'm perfectly fit and able, but who knows what happens? Who knows what happens? So get your will written, get your power of attorneys sorted. Um, highly, highly recommend you do that, whatever stage of life you're at, because the people that you leave have to deal with it, even to the colour of the lining of your coffin, whether you're buried, whether you're cremated. These decisions need to be made. So... Um, on that joyful note of wills, power of attorneys, business power of attorneys, whatever that might be, um, connect with the right people, stay in touch with the right people, surround yourself with the right people, get on podcasts, listen to podcasts that will help you. Rob Moore's podcast, Disruptive Entrepreneur, is a fabulous podcast. Um, there are a few others out there, but that's the one I'm listening to more than others. Um Kate Ashley Norman is running a podcast about mental health, breaking down the barriers, talking to people about mental health. Listen to them. My One Conscious Leadership is going to be around mid, 
management. It will be around leadership. It will be around changing your life, doing what you want, when you want, how you want, with who you want. It will be all the lessons of I've learned over 60 years on this planet. This episode will be on there. So it will be around change. It will be around it will be around all sorts of everything. Interviews with ordinary people doing extraordinary things is what mine will be about. But connect with people, ask people, ask for help, link to people, get coaching, get mentoring, get help with healing. Whatever it is you need, go out there and do it. You know, you're not alone in this world. You're really not. Access the information that's out there. A lot of it is for free. But if you need paid help, pay for it. Really, truly pay for it. I'm paying Catherine to help me heal my heart because I don't want it to be a walnut. (laughs) I don't want it to be a walnut. I want it to be bright red and shiny and emanating um, love and support and help for everybody out there, including myself, because I know I have to help me. I'm doing a lot of staying away, um, doing more coming up. Peterborough has again become the centre of my universe. (laughs) Podcasting, social media, Rob's social media agency is doing some of my social media. Again, I've been completely intermittent, really erratic with it all because I'm in a fog. But I'm coming out of the fog. I keep saying it, but I feel like I am coming out of it. I feel like the year's anniversary, 5th of July of mum, you know, mum leaving. Although she's still around, I still see her, I still hear her. I sometimes still feel her, which is random, I know, but I do. Um, She's still with me. Um, Yeah, she's still with me. So this is probably the longest ever Facebook Live I have done. This is, well, not probably, it is the longest Facebook Live I've ever done. This is the longest podcast episode I have ever done. I truly, truly, truly hope that somebody has heard this message, that needed to hear this message today and or in the future. There was something within me that said, do do this today. Do, I've just mentioned you, Kate, and your podcast. Um, something told me to do this today. I've done it. It took me half an hour to go live. For those of you that are out there, it took me half an hour, which it doesn't normally, but this was really close to my heart. So is there anything else? Oh, yeah. This year as well, one of um, a friend, not a close friend, but somebody that has been close to me, very close to me in the past, Um, has had severe suicidal tendencies. So from January, I've also been having lots of conversations with them, um, supporting them stay alive, basically. It's been a a year and a half, that is for sure. I can't think of anything else. (laughs) I'm like, now I'm going to go and eat my breakfast and have another cup of tea and probably cry. But go out there, do something, do anything that, that takes you one step closer to being the best version of you you can possibly be. One of the phrases I take on board is carp diem, go out there, seize the day. Um, I'm trading under Clavum, the key to your success. My thing is conscious leadership. Come in, conscious leadership, you know, make the decisions, be aware of why you're making the decision, raise your unconsciousness to conscience, to consciousness, Think about why you are making the decisions you're making. That's what conscious leadership is about. 
whether you're a manager, whether you're a leader, whether you're a mother, a father, a daughter, a son, an aunt, an uncle, a sibling, a brother, a sister, a cousin. Think about why you're doing what you're doing. Truly think about why you're doing what you're doing and get over yourself. You can make different decisions to get different results. How you think and feel affects your behaviour. How you behave affects how others think and feel affects their behaviour. You are the one that's in control. You can influence, you can control yourself, you can influence others. You can never control anybody else. Don't ever believe you can. But go out there, do one thing that will get you closer to where you want to be, to where you need to be, to be the best version of yourself. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. It's a long one. (laughs) So you might want to do it on double speed or even triple speed, maybe. (laughs) Because you can do that. I learned that a little while ago as well. Um, Have a fabulous day, everybody. Go out there. Do something that takes you one step closer to being the better version of you. And I will talk to you all very soon, either on podcast, Facebook Live, social media, LinkedIn. Connect with me. If you want a copy of my book, PM me with your email address. I will send you it. And I will talk to you all very soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it. 